welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Most holy and everlasting God. Thank you for being who you say you are. Thank you, Lord, that in a world of darkness and strife, that you let your light shine among us. Thank you, Lord, for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this sanctuary. We thank you, Lord, for cleansing us spiritually right now. Cleanse our thoughts, oh God. Cleanse our motives and free us up, oh Lord, so that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Give us preaching power right now, oh God. But more than preaching power, dear God, I pray that someone will be saved. Someone will change their lifestyle. And that someone will walk out of this sanctuary saying, thank you, Lord, for changing me. Thank you, God, for worship. And thank you for being present. It is in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. Will you help me thank God for our worship leader? We thank you. Will you help me thank God for our worship leader? Will you help me? Thank God for our worship leader. One more time, will you help me? Thank God for our musicians. Will you help me thank God for their work? It takes a moment. But who knows who might be absent next week? Who knows whose number will be called? The Bible says in Psalm 37 that we should be still before the Lord and that we should wait patiently for him. The Bible says, Trustee Randolph, do not fret when people succeed in their ways and when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath and do not fret, it only leads to evil. And the Bible reminds us, for those who are evil will be destroyed. And then in verse 16, I had to include this one and the next one, better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. Let 
Let me say that again. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Hallelujah. And that the blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will do forever and ever and ever. What a word. My deceased mentor, Reverend Dr. Ella Mitchell, said to me one time in conversation that you should never name a baby before it's born. Speaking of sermons, of course. So we name our sermons on Wednesday because the pastor has put in place some standards for worship. So on Wednesday, I named my sermon, The Secret Path to Righteousness. And Pastor, after I prayed about it and studied some more and looked into it, I decided that I really should have raised the question, who wants to be righteous? Who wants to be righteous? I know people who want to be rich. I know people who want to be popular. I know people that want to be famous. Minister Derek, I know people who want to be admired. I want people, Don, who want to be powerful. And in all my years of counseling and pastoring and preaching and teaching, I have never had anyone ask me how to be righteous. Nobody, Eddie, nobody in 35 years has ever asked me how to be righteous. They asked me how to find a husband, how to find a wife, and how to make more money, but Tristan, nobody asked me how to be righteous. And yet the Bible clearly outlines the benefits of being righteous. And I really know that Psalm 37 is really for me. There are some times when we think we are preaching for others, but God will show us how we fit in the scripture. There were three things in the podcast summary this week we must do to gain access to the secret path to righteousness. And I realized that the path appears to be secret because nobody really asks you how to move from evil to righteousness. And yet the Bible says that only the righteous will see God. So if it's only the righteous, why are we wasting our time on evil? There were three things that my sermon really focuses on, and that is, number one, that we need to learn how to rest in the Lord. We need to learn, Ruth, how to wait for the Lord. We need to learn how to believe that the Lord will punish evil because many of us attempt to do the Lord's work. And when you become evil and you attempt to take out demonic spirits and the devil on your own, then you are stepping in to God's work. And you don't have the strength nor the power to do it. 
Our strength comes, Bruce, when we sit still and rest in the promises of the Lord. And when we rest in the Lord, we are literally silent. Many of us have not mastered resting in the Lord. We are always doing something. Some of you are on your phone right now, or you have moved on to something else. And you're not taking this opportunity to rest in the Lord. Just because I'm silent doesn't mean that I'm not doing anything. I might be just resting in the Lord. And then we have to wait for the Lord. And some of us are so impulsive that we don't wait on the Lord. If God doesn't show up in a week, we make our own decisions. We make our own plans. There have been things I've been waiting for for 10 years. And I believe that God's going to do it because that's the kind of God that I serve. I said to someone the other day, I've been promised, been, God has promised me that Pleasant Grove Church will have the gift of worship. And that we will learn to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And Sunday morning will be not a morning of rest, but it'll be a morning when we come into the house of the Lord with a spirit of worship. You ought to get up off your lazy self and just give the Lord one minute of praise for bringing you into the Lord's house because he is worthy to be praised. We must learn how to worship God. We must learn how to honor God. And we must learn how to wait on the Lord. And we must learn how to stay in our place. We must learn how to wait until God shows up. Because when God shows up, his will will be done. And we must believe in our hearts that the Lord will punish evil. Sometimes we think that the meek are scared. But just because I don't say anything doesn't mean that I don't know what you're doing. And just because you don't see cursing and hollering and bad behavior doesn't mean that God doesn't understand what's going on in the dark. Because what David is saying in Psalm 37 is that God is always at work and watching over his children. That means that even when you think that you're in secret, you are before the Lord. And as we wait for the movement of God in our lives, we must pray for an attitude of patience. I'm asked all the time, Pastor, how do you stay married for 45 years? And I said, you got to learn how to pray. You got to learn where you can go in your house and be by yourself and scream and ask for the Lord. Because we as humans cannot manage marriage and relationships. If you're going to be married, you got to know the Lord. And I try to tell people all the time who want to get married because of romantic reasons that one day you won't be as romantic. You need to realize that a day is going to come when you're going to need to stand on your own when a young person becomes old and everything becomes different. We got to learn how to wait on the Lord. And we must believe in the Lord's word. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? 
How many times have you messed up in relationships because you made a decision that God didn't endorse? You decide, I'm going to marry him anyway because he has money. I'm going to marry her anyway because she's pretty. And soon as you get in the marriage, Pastor, and rent a house you can't afford, things begin to fall apart. As humans, we need to learn how to rest in the Lord. I'm going to leave that alone. We need to learn how to rest in the Lord and stop managing and messing up stuff and stop giving advice to people that is ungodly and you haven't been with God. How can you tell me what I'm supposed to do when you don't know what you're supposed to do? So the word says that you can't trust everybody with your spiritual being. We got to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him because God has promised to faithfully take care of those who put their trust in him. We can rest in the Lord. We can wait patiently for him, Reverend Paula, because the Lord says at due season, I will show up and I will show out. And I will protect those who belong to me. Hallelujah. So what is biblical rest? What is the Sabbath? We failed on that one oh, tremendously. Many of us, we don't care about a Sabbath. A day of rest and being with the Lord. Come on, church, tell the truth. Rest is defined as peace, ease, or refreshment. And the Bible speaks quietly of highly, of rest. It's repeated throughout the scriptures, beginning with the creation story in Genesis 1 and 2. We see that God created for six days, and then what did God do on the seventh day? God rested. Hallelujah. You ever shown up for an assignment for God and you're too tired? You have spent all of your energy in the world, and then you show up tired with a bad attitude. You don't feel like doing what you said you were going to do because your body is tired. God doesn't want our leftovers. God wants our best. God wants us to rest up for the occasion. God wants us to show up with a spirit of thanksgiving. So resting God is not rest for your daily work or uh, physically exhausted. Don't work God into your calendar. Let God be the manager of your calendar. The second thing that we need to do is learn how to wait, and that is a spiritual discipline. We are a people of now. We want everything now. Sounds like my great-grandson, now. I want everything now. God doesn't work that way. Because the word says that those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And this is another reason for our delight in and rest upon the Lord. We can trust his promise that he will take care of us. But we will not find rest in the world. How many of you have ever found rest in the world? If you raise your hand or just come up and tell us how you did that, we will all be gratified. Amen. How many of you face evil every day just to go to your job? How many of you face evil even sometimes just driving to church because somebody behind you blinking their light want to speed at 80 miles an hour to go around you and you end up at the same traffic light at the same time? 
we must learn that rushing through life is not pleasing unto God. Ever had anybody ask you how you're doing? And by the time you get to the second sentence, they have moved on to something else. Meaning, I really didn't mean to ask you how you're doing because I don't really care. But it was only appropriate for me to ask you anyway. We need to get a handle on ourselves. Waiting is a good thing when you wait with the Lord. If you stay in place when you wait until an expected event happens, Deacon Ophelia. You just wait until God gives you the vision. Pleasant Grove Church is one of the greatest blessings of my life because I have seen the power of God. Even when human beings did not see what God could do, God said to me, Classroom, keep going. I got you covered in the blood. You see, when we wait on the Lord, we can anticipate something good because God produces good. To wait is to be open to experiencing the holy moments around you, to experience feeling Emmanuel for another person, to hear words in a broader context, to take the time to say, how are you? And listen. To wait means that I am waiting for God to answer, not you. So when we wait, on the Lord, we can anticipate wisdom and God's presence. And thirdly, we must believe. We must believe and possess confidence. If we believed, our evangelism would produce fruit because we could talk about the things that God has done. We can give witness to the things that God has done for me. We make it complicated. It's not. It's just that one day I was a low-down soldier of the world doing nothing, and God called my name, and I answered, and I went up to the True, uh, True Light Missionary Baptist Church, and I sat on that pew, and the woman in white laid her hands on me, and she said, I'm going to pray the evil out of you and the devil till you're going to do something good for the Lord. On that day, I joined the church. I got baptized in the creek with the snakes and the bugs and everything. And it was the best day of my life in the name of Jesus. I believe that God is going to use me for his glory. I believe that God is going to use our church for his glory. I believe that there are going to be breakthroughs and carry because we are obedient to the word of God. I believe that the people we witness to, we give the food to, will not only be blessed by the food, but will be blessed by our witness. I believe that one day God is going to make room for affordable housing next to the houses that are worth a million dollars. I believe that one day God is going to raise up a church that is willing to do his work until he comes back. Because the word says they may believe that he is love, but they will not do what the God has called them to do. When we believe that God exists, we must be willing to talk about his existence. And when we believe that God is who God says he is, we must be willing to say that I am not doing all of my work for this side of heaven. Because everything that I accumulate here stays here. We must understand that there's life on the other side. 
Now I understand why old people give all that stuff away. Because when you die, that's all your people are going to do anyway. So why do we collect all of these material things and treasures? And when we close our eyes, our relatives are in there saying, we get two men in a truck. Just get this stuff out of here. We have spent our lives working for clothes to look pretty, which get bugs or mite. We spend our time paying for a car that's pretty and new so that we could be looking good and attractive, and yet we don't give a tithe to the Lord. To believe in God should also involve commitment and a change of life. We all believe facts about the things that do not change the way we live. Most people believe the facts that have been told them, but do not take the time to find out for themselves. Don't believe what I told you. Study God's word for yourself. And you see, it's one thing to study the word, and it's another thing to just look at the word and give your opinion. Your opinion doesn't matter. What matters is what the Lord is saying through the word. And we got to stop twisting the word to fit our agendas. We have to let the word stand on the word. God said that you must worship me in spirit and truth. God says you must love your neighbor as I have loved you. God said, I will not accept what's left. I want the first fruits from your lips. I, I want to know that you love me more than anybody else. I want to know that you wake up thinking about me. I want to know that you walk around all day thinking about me. I, I want you to know, let me know that you feel me within from every once in a while. Let me know every once in a while that you know that my presence is with you. Let me know every once in a while that you are not on your own. That I'm walking on this journey with you. And the Lord says, I got you covered no matter where you go. It doesn't matter where you end up. I am your God. I am your God. You can trust me with your thoughts. You can trust me with your dreams. You can trust me with your spouse. You can trust me with your children. You can trust me with your wealth. You can trust me with your money. You can trust me with your mind. You can trust me with everything. Because I'm going to manage your life according to my divine plan. Anybody want to be righteous? Anybody want to see the Lord? Anyone want to clean up their act? Anyone want to get it right so that you can see God? Let the church say amen. Amen. I'm not giving up my inheritance for nobody. I'm not giving up what God has promised me for anybody. I am not going to compromise what God says to me for anybody. Because I know who called me. I know who empowers me. I know where I'm going. You see, American, Delta, United, and all the airlines might have cancellations. But there is no cancellation in God. There is no cancellation of the flight to see God. Because when God says it's time to go, it will be time to go. We don't have to go through TSA. We don't have to go through security. God does his own security check. We serve an awesome God. Oh, if I could get you to understand. 
and make the Lord a priority. But I had a breakthrough here. The second passage of scripture that I chose that the Lord gave me for this week was James. And the Holy Spirit told me, God, girl, go back and read from the beginning. And this is what you need to say to the people. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways, and anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Verse number three, James chapter three, when we put bits into the mouth of horses, you know I had to look that up, to make them obey us, Diane, a bit I found out. It is a part of a, a bridle that's inserted into the horse's mouth so you have part control of the horse. And I said all the time that I've been loving horses and looking at the Kentucky Derby, I didn't know all of that. And so what I learned from that is that if horses are controlled by the bit, then what is controlling you? We can turn animals all the way around. I take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And likewise, check this out. The tongue also is a fire. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. I didn't make this up. James, the third chapter. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being, get this, can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. My, I don't know about you, but ooh, ooh, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? <laughs> My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Check out the Lord. But who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in humility. Don't give somebody a love offering and tell six people. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Such wisdom, do you hear me, church? Does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you shall find disorder 
and every evil practice. But the wisdom, Gloria, that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Hallelujah. It's like that raw honey that Deacon Jay purchased for me last night. Then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. And what we're saying here and God is saying is that, but the wisdom that comes from heavens is first of all pure, comes from God, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And peacemakers, check this out, who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. Will you help me say that? Listen, it's, say peacemakers, peacemakers. who sow in peace will reap a harvest of righteousness. Anybody want to be righteous? Anybody want to move from a world of evil to right? Oh, just stand and give God praise and ask God to move you from evil to righteousness. Ask God to change your heart so that you can do a work and be a righteous servant. I can't hear you so that you can be a servant and you can serve in righteousness for the Lord. Anybody want to stop cursing? Give God praise. Anybody want to stop lying? Give God praise. Anyone want to stop gossiping? Give God praise so that you can be righteous and live forever and ever and ever with God. Because the word says that the righteous will see God. That the righteous will be with God. The word says that the righteous are here for a little while. But after a while, they will take off and be with God. Bless you to be righteous. Bless the name of the Lord. The righteous will see God. The righteous will be with the Lord. the children of God. Only the righteous will see God. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins 
when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.